Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. How are you, my friend? Robert, it's Masters. It is. It's time. It's Thursday. It's time. It is time. Uh, okay, so let's start with the big deal yesterday, which is yesterday being, of course, Wednesday. We put the podcast together on Thursday, which is that Governor Eric Holcomb has signed the ban on uh, young people, youth, people under the age of 18 getting various transgender type procedures. I got to admit, I'm a little surprised that he signed the bill. Robert, we talked last week and I predicted that he would veto. Yeah. Uh, primarily because he vetoed the bill last year that uh, disallowed uh, men and women playing in high school sports. Uh, and, and, and I have three three uh, kids who played high school sports, uh, Will, Jennifer, and Abby, and I didn't understand why a female would be uh, working against Will and, and males would be working against Abby and Jennifer. And so I was really surprised after he vetoed that, and the legislature subsequently uh, passed it over his veto, and I thought he'd veto it again. None of it makes any sense with him. And you, well, you used to know him pretty well. Yeah. I think you Until got, I met you. Yeah, you got banned because of me. <laughs> Friends with me. Sorry about that. Um, it's okay. <laughs> what, what is his thought process? I, every time I hear him, it always sounds like when he speaks on an issue, he tries deliberately to, to make you understand how ridiculously smart he is on the topic rather than just saying, hey, look, my opinion is blah, 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 and we're going to do A, B, and C. It's well, always some big word soup mm -hmm. salad, very odd. It's, he's very odd. Well, I stopped listening to him a long time ago, and uh, it, it, leadership's all about consistency. Le it, it's not predictability, but consistency. And uh, from last year to this year, I – I, I it wasn't knock me over with a feather type of approach, but uh, I was really surprised that he signed this bill, and um, and 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 frankly, I don't want women playing in men's sports. I, I think that's wrong, and I I vehemently disagree with his decision last year, and and uh, uh, he, I obviously I'm not there anymore. But when I was there, his administration did not work with the, with the legislature on legislation. They always waited until the bill passed both houses and was on his desk to figure out if they're going to veto or not. Well, let's let's talk about that for a second. You, you spent 30 years. By the way, you look very nice today as we're taping this on Thursday. It is uh, the opening day of the Masters. You're wearing your Masters tie today. I, I am. And, you thought uh, I wouldn't notice, did you? No. <laughs> you thought I wouldn't notice. It's a great weekend, and 
my eyes will be glued to the tube. Green and gold, yeah, and green, uh, you could also wear that on St. Patrick's Day. This could be Florida Gators. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you were there 30 years in the Indiana Senate. You worked for all sorts of governors. You mm-hmm. worked, or not for, but with. Uh, you worked with Democrats. Yeah, with you, governors. You, you worked uh, with Republicans. Mm-hmm. Is it normal for a governor, because we have seen a very hands-off approach with this governor until a bill gets to his desk, and then, well, then you just kind of never know. Is it normal for a governor to be hands-off like that, or do you normally see them involved in the process? I chaired the utility committee for a long time, and I also served as caucus chairman, which was the number two position in the Senate. And and uh, governors from Pence to Daniels to... Uh, to Frank, Joe Curran, Frank O'Bannon, Evan Bayh, all of their staffs were always in my committee, uh, the utility committee, and, and uh, working with me on legislation, what they didn't like, what they liked. And I think, that, I think that's very important for uh, the administration, the, you know, the third arm of state government, to be working with the legislative branch uh, to, to find good public policy so it doesn't come down to a guessing game when it gets to the governor's desk and and you know a lot of times they would voice their displeasure with a bill and i would take that into large consideration robert uh, years ago i will not name this person because unlike you many people don't want the reputation ruined by associating <laughs> with me publicly but somebody told me you, you didn't ruin it by the well, way let's take that I, yeah I know. i've i've worked through that <laughs> <laughs> i um Years ago, a state rep told me, and this was with the stadium issue, Lucas Oil mm-hmm. Stadium, mm-hmm. and he was talking about getting the votes for Lucas Oil Stadium and the convention center, and he was talking about how they got he, – he was one of the people whose job was to secure the votes to get that thing built. And he said, when the governor comes to you, no matter what party – and I, I look, I totally disagree with this, but he said it's the thing. This is the thinking of the way of many people in the legislature, regardless of party. When the governor comes to you and says this is important to me, you do what you can to make that work. And it sounds like that was kind of what you were saying in your thought process. Now, I, that may have changed now because the partisanship divide is much greater than say it was twenty years ago when o- O'Bannon or or Kernan were governor. But but that was kind of your thought process, right? And it, it bears. You know, repeating that uh, Governor Mitch Daniels actually went out to all the collar counties, the donut counties, and talked about why it's important for central Indiana and Indiana as a whole to have that stadium built. And 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 they passed legislation, if you will, in the local uh, counties around yeah, you guys, the state. You guys raised our taxes. Well, we, yeah, and, and to build that facility. And Indiana has benefited several, many times over, uh, but... Let's look back at the pandemic, Robert. Uh, I believe that the governor should have had Zoom calls with legislators from a region to region to region and communicated why he was doing the mask mandate, why why situations were going. They did have a they did have a website that let's stick, let's stick together, and uh, but communication in that situation in that terrible. Uh, time section of time that we had it was so important for the governor to reach out and and with you, any, were, you were still there when the pandemic I was, started i was 2020 did, did, did mm-hmm. he talk to you guys at all 
Uh, it, it after a lot of push, several legislators went in several weeks in a row and talked to him about it. I didn't. I wasn't invited. But uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but uh, after some push, legislators did go in and talk to him for maybe three or four weeks in a row. But um, the the average. Uh, the legislators aren't average, but the uh, the um, oh, some of them are below average. You're right. right. Well, the 150, a, a large majority of the 150 legislators never heard from the governor as to why they couldn't go to church, why they couldn't go to the grocery store, why they couldn't go to the gym, and when they did have an opportunity to see somebody on a street corner. They didn't have any answers as to what was going on in Indianapolis. Yeah, it's so interesting that he doesn't communicate, and we've heard this from a lot of He's the same way with the media, too. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, he's not going to return any of my calls, and the simply, I finally got a response that it would not serve Hoosiers well to get my mm-hmm. questions answered. Mm-hmm. But I've heard this from from other people, like Tony Katz. The, mm-hmm. the, the guy does not, the communication staff does not communicate. So whether it's the media or the legislators or anyone, it seems like they just stink at communicating mm-hmm. Why? What interest would you have in saying ah, it's very good for us to, to be as le- uh, to avoid communicating as much as possible? Why would you do that? I don't know because you know um, uh, Franco Bannon, uh, Governor Franco Bannon was uh, you know didn't like the didn't like the tough issues, but he was a very good, decent man, and but he was also a state senator and lieutenant governor. He recognized the value and the importance of the legislature, and it was always had his staff uh, talking to us about what he desired, what he felt his mandate was, if he had one, uh, and and uh, and worked with the legislature. And, and and Governor Pence, being from Congress, understood the value of a legislator. And and uh, when this next election for governor comes on, uh, it's important for people to understand to talk to the candidates to to. Um, Understand what their, for instance, Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch was a state representative, so she understands the value of the legislature, and our next governor has to have the what I call the 150, kind of their board of directors, uh, because they can be the boots on the ground and understand exactly what's going on in the communities and report back to the governor. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Program Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. So... When when you look at a guy like Holcomb, how hard is it for you as a legislator when the majority of the time you have no idea where this guy is on an issue? Is it, hey, if there's something you want changed, tell us. We'll try to make it work and so everybody can hold hands together and you know jump off the cliff together. But when you don't know and you pass the bill without almost any input and then this guy comes out and goes, he does a, I mean, the, the thing on Wish TV the other day, this was, I mean, he took the full seven days, but he does, I won't dither. And then, it, you know, he almost talks himself in and out of signing it within a 30-second soundbite. That's got to be incredibly frustrating. Well, it does, and it's not just the seven days. I mean, th- this these were issues back in the fall. This was an issue on Organization Day in November. Uh, it's not like he had seven days to think about it. Uh, also, we all know what was in the bill because uh, because so many different public hearings on this issue and 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 amendments and his staff knew exactly or should have known exactly what was in the different bills that he has vetoed through the years and and um uh, when i was in the legislature when he started in 17 uh, in, until now remember and, we went and interviewed him yes we did we did <laughs> right before the state of the state 
And we also interviewed the uh, Chief Justice right. of the Supreme Court. That was a good day. I was and, la- I was laughing with Abdul yesterday. We had him on the Kendall and Casey show. I said, Merritt was with me for years mm-hmm. and then had to leave because he ran for mayor. You were with me for years. Now, you had to leave when you ran for mayor, and now Merritt is back. You're like, welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> You're back on Statehouse Happenings. And, and, you know, we had a really good roundtable discussion with him that day, and I and I really had hopes that the that he would work with the legislature for good public policy. And uh, and and now uh, I I've, this is really uh, I don't I, I I don't know every session of every committee, but as far as I know, most of the administration uh, response to bills is just that one they get passed by the legislature. There's really no testifying committees. And as a utility chairman, I can always look in the back of the room and know somebody from was from the administration that we that was serving at the time, and I could look back there and say, you know, is that is this something that the governor's office would support or not? Or they would stand up and say, uh, this is something we wholeheartedly support, and and that's not existing today. Well, and it's so weird because he's a political nerd. Yeah, like he grew, he wanted to be in politics from the time he was old enough to tie his shoes. We also ran for the legislature. He ran and lost because mm-hmm. he is a loser. I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm not lumping you in with that statement. That is the statement of Rob Kendall. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, he tried to run for Senate, and of course, he was dead last in that Senate primary mm-hmm. before he somehow magically became the lieutenant governor and governor mm-hmm. in the, mm-hmm. the same year. I mean, he worked for Mitch Daniels. He worked. He's a political. The ultimate insider, and for him to not understand, hey, you guys, you guys being the legislature, really thrive on communication. Yeah. The legislature is the boots on the ground, and and they they know exactly what's going on in the neighborhoods, much less the counties. And it, it's to the benefit of the governor of the state of Indiana to listen to the legislature. And we've seen clashes between the legislature and, and, and um, Governor Holcomb. Uh, that I've never seen be in before in in um, my lifetime, and it, it's just a real surprise they don't listen to each other. Yeah, and we're specifically talking about him signing this transgender youth bill yesterday, which will basically ban transgender procedures, puberty blockers, whatever for for people under the age of eighteen. And he came out the other day, right before he signed it, the day before, and he goes, "Oh, this bill is as clear as mud." And you're going, so now you're saying you're basically. S- signing something you don't understand, which makes you look even worse. It's just like he didn't want any part of this. And somebody, it really looks like he didn't want any part of this. And somebody finally came to him and was like, dude, you you cannot not sign this because you will get, your veto will get overridden, mm-hmm. overridden, overrode. Overridden. Yeah. Overridden. Yeah. Is that yeah. the correct grammar? Right, yeah. But, but you know, go back to the waste. <laughs> and you got to sign it. You know? Yeah, you go back to the uh, railroad. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 uh, the the waste coming from Ohio, it looks like he misses meetings. Yeah, yeah. He 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 he's not the cool person's table or something where where he has to learn from a third party that this is important. We used to call it in radio. We used to call it. I worked for a little station years ago, and it was one of those stations where, um, if you had a check, they would sell you airtime. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when I was very young, it was my first job I ever had in radio. I started as an intern and then started doing some sports over there. And I used to think it was cool that those people were on the radio. And at one morning, a guy who had been in radio for a very, very long time and worked at some very big time stations and was working there goes, that is not real radio. Those people are playing radio. There's no other station that would be on. They just bring a check and they're playing radio. It's almost like he's playing governor. Like this is not how the governor is supposed to operate. And, and, 
uh, I would imagine, you know, he won by overwhelming uh, uh, margins. Yes, if the, if the Democrats had put someone who was breathing up, it might have been close. But, I mean, Woody Myers, it was questionable day to day whether he was actually even alive. Right. And and if you go to a Lincoln Day dinner um, in years past and be 800 people in the, in the, in the crowd, more than likely you'd see Pence as governor in, in attendance to speak. But um, nowadays, uh, the government well, he goes knows, to, he, he knows he's reviled by a huge portion of his own party, doesn't he? I, I think so, because you don't see him in attendance, yeah. moving from table to table. Uh, you see him at Chamber of Commerce meetings, but you don't see him at Lincoln Day dinners. Uh, that's interesting, and that is rare from your perspective. The governor usually is an in-demand person, either as a speaker or, hey, the governor's going to be here and is going to be kissing babies and what you know whatever else, because what else does the governor have to do? Well, and, you know, he and I look at things differently. I, I was at a, a big-time dinner. The Mental Health Association of Indiana had their um, 2023 idol contest last night. Eight or 900 people in the room, and I and I dove in there, and it was just fun going from table to table to see people. Yeah. And uh, so this governor just views it differently. He wasn't there. Uh, and and um, it didn't surprise me at all. And that was, that's not a Republican dinner. But um, everybody who's everybody, uh, anybody, uh, was there last night. And, and, and this governor, you know, um, this is his last budget. He's a lame duck. Thank so way goodness. Out. <laughs> so on his way out, we're going to have a really, really uh, interesting conversation. Who's going to lead the, lead the state next time? And and uh, but it's always it's a governor has to rely on what's going on outside the limestone and have 150 um, have 300 ears to the ground uh, in your legislature, it, it, Republicans and Democrats. you got to know what's going on out there. And I was just kind of disappointed in his um, his terms of, as governor that he's uh, not listening to the most really valuable people in state government, and that is the legislature. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Program State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. All right, so let's switch gears a little bit. We had Ed Delaney on the Kendall and Casey show. God bless you. Yes, you know Ed. Of course, it's on last night. I've seen him so much, people are going to start getting worried. (laughs) He's everywhere. Yeah, so he's a Democrat state rep. He's Mm -hmm. from, represents Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. He's kind of. In many ways, he's almost like the Democrat version of you when he gets up and speaks. It's you're sort of reminded of a time that was a little less polarizing right. politics. And, 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 you know, he's a liberal and and proud of it. And I'm okay with that. There has to be But he's not crazy. Be, no, he's not crazy. And uh he's been talking about uh property yeah. assessment. Um I'm you know, I I don't his ideas, eh, but um I at least he's speaking out. Well, that, because that was, that's the issue has to be out on the table. That was my point, Jim, is we had him on and we had about a 14-minute conversation with him about property taxes. And you're right. Do I agree with everything he's saying? No. But he's talking about it. We had Cherish Pryor on our show two weeks ago. She's talking about it. She's that's another, a de- Democrat, state yeah, representative. And, the, and you know, we were, we were talking with Ed about how mm-hmm. even – it's not just with me. I, you know, My thought was for a while, well, 
they just, as one state rep admitted, they're not going to do anything on property taxes. And this is pathetic because they don't want to give Rob Kendall a win. I mean, that's pathetic that they'll screw over 7 million people because they don't want to give one radio guy who just happened to be the first guy to talk about it the win. But Ed was basically saying, no, they're not talking about it inside the state house either. And that should scare everyone, Jim, that there is this huge issue that should be in your party's wheelhouse, which is taxes, and they're not doing anything. And you also saw back in 2007, Bart Peterson, as mayor of Indianapolis, go down. Yeah. Because he mishandled it. He didn't go with the protesters to the state house and, you know, pitchforks and all that and say, this is wrong. We need to take care of this. The legislature is at the hub of this. And, and, and he ended up getting blamed for it. It was totally mismanaged by him. A nice man, a good mayor, but uh, goes down in defeat to Greg Ballard. And, um, this is an issue that confounds me because, you know, we've been talking about this for a year. Yeah. And and you did. You, you have been a prominent voice and probably the voice in the beginning. And and they had, gosh, they had a special session last summer. They could have talked about it. Uh, they could have put together an um, ironclad committee that could have put together some sort of uh, SOS this session. And, and there was plenty of time to think about it. And, and I've said on this program many times, you got to see in front of your headlights, and they didn't. And um, now, it, you know, it's not uh, the legislature. Um, do you remember Rahm Emanuel? Oh, yes. He talks about crisis. Yeah. Well, never let one go to waste. Was yeah, exactly. He was, he was Obama's. He's something. off in Japan now, by the way. Hey, wasn't he something with Obama? He was the chief of staff. Right. Is and now right? he's ambassador. They put him oh. all the way to Japan. Sure. And, That's what uh, they do. Yeah. And, um, but, but, it hasn't gotten to crisis stage, and um, they can't do anything about it with uh, with May or probably November because they won't be in session. But uh, people are now seeing it. Now, they did say, somebody in, in the know said that it'd probably be a seven average 7% uh, increase yeah, in but property that's a, tax. But the problem is, Jim, average. It's, it's across the state. Yes. And there are areas where, let's face it, because of the way Indiana has invested in the state, et cetera, where unless you're in those Donut Counties or Marion County, we really don't care about you. And so I mean, yeah, while you're right that it will probably be somewhere between 7 and 10 across the state, there's areas where there's zero or a decline in property value because there's been no investment in those rural areas. But in central Indiana, you're seeing 20, 25, 30%. Right. And, and you know, that's... that's we're talking about a market value average so whatever is seven percent it could be anywhere between zero and twenty percent so I, I agree with you it's a crisis the legislature didn't um didn't find didn't find it to be at uh, the level of crises if you will that was necessary to have some sort of circuit breaker where there's some cushion and um and and you know, it's a super majority. Yeah. They're not going to pay for it. That, that you're right. And that's what we talked with that about at the end. I said, look, you guys got to start winning some elections mm-hmm. because let's face it, libertarians are probably maxed out at rainwater, right? That's probably their- They're maxed what, out, period. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, the, unless, the system is against them. Unless they're going to run some uber rich guy, like if, let's say Jefferson Shreve who's running for mayor suddenly decides, well, I'm, I'd also like to run for U.S. Senate and so I'm going to run as a libertarian or, you know, whatever. Yeah, you got about five, 10 million bucks. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, Jeff Jeff Moore did markedly better than Mark Rutherford did, and he still got whatever it was, 5.8, 5.9%. Mm-hmm. Outside of our listing area, 
They just don't have the ability to compete, and their ability to compete in our listing area is just that I don't like the Republicans. Right, that's exactly right. I'm the best libertarian in the state, but, and I'm not even a libertarian. Yeah, but it goes back to the assessment. You know, it's market value. We understand the, the process here. Values uh, on residential properties have risen. Uh, because of the money that came in from the federal government, market forces, but there should have been some sort of cushion, cushion the blow, if you will, and yeah. there wasn't, and they had a lot of time to think about it and and consider a plan and get a plan on the on the market. And the governor hasn't spoken on this, yeah. as far as I know. And no, uh, does not care at all? And and, and so, uh, the really the bottom line is the bottom line here. Uh, it has to get to. A, crisis stage you know we were talking about uh, with the pastor the other day a couple weeks ago micah yeah micah and and, and uh, he and he talked about education uh, for a, a a situation and i talked about crisis because legislators people in politics don't do anything until there's a crisis stage biden's not going to do anything until there's a crisis about china and uh, just because they're flowing uh, balloons over our skies, that, in his mind, is in crisis. Politicians have to have a crisis in their face where their political life is in, in danger to act. Yeah, and, and and there is none of that. And I, I told that. I said, you guys got to start figuring out how to win some elections. And, you know, he kind of he – I give him credit. He did – admit look we got some people that have some views on guns or abortion or whatever that are totally not in the mainstream but he also made a good point and it's true the republicans have written the maps to the point where it's pretty hard for republicans to lose it is and you need money yeah it, it, you need money to run these campaigns but you can't be running uh woody myers no you can't at the top of your no. ticket you can't be running uh i mean the, the, you've the got to have stellar financial under, sure um uh it, just people that I mean, have Tom, their own money Tom to run McDermott for is a goof i mean you cannot be running goofs at the top of your ticket De- destiny wells was a was better than some of the others they ran but she didn't raise any money right and, and it's come to if you're running for office you have to have a, a solid financial backing or your own money to uh, to pay for the to for pay for the campaign we've got a few minutes left in the show and i want to make sure we have plenty of time to get into this you're working on something interesting i am i, I think that you know our By government way, you're, you're jim Merritt. i am i'm and, rob kendall yes you are and uh and and your wife is pregnant <laughs> in july which is a wonderful thing and it's master's weekend but anyway the the idea that i've come with is the is what did we do right? It's three years now from the pandemic yeah. starting, just you know, March of 2020. And um, I, I waited 2021 budget. I waited for the 2023 uh, 23 budget. It's not, it's not finished. But I don't see anybody in government talking about lessons learned. What is positive that came out? Like, for instance, telehealth. Yeah. Positive that came out of the, out of the pandemic. Uh, what did we do wrong? In government and politics, we don't talk about what we did wrong. And the public understands mistakes because, you know, we had a blindfold on, and nobody really understood what was going on in in, hey. in April 2020. Hey, some of us were saying exactly what was going on. Well, yes, but you didn't have any position other than Mike. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I'm told no one listens to me. <laughs> well, they, people were scrambling in state government, and understandably so, because we hadn't seen this before. So come clean. What did we do right? What did we do wrong? And, and how, when some, a crisis comes in front of us again, what are we going to do about it? 
and and it's all about communication. And to co- have communication today, Robert, is broadband has to be throughout the state of Indiana. That is the basis. That's the foundation of everything. Is letting people know in in the outskirts. You talk about rural Indiana, and, and make sure that everybody understands. And the governor of the state of Indiana has to be consistently communicating with all citizens and and legislators being the bullhorn for them. So what are you doing? Are you writing a paper? Yeah, I'm writing a paper. A a paper on what we should do next time, what we did right, what we did wrong, what we what the lessons are learned. How long is that gonna take you to do? It it's uh I've been working on it for some time now, probably three months. You gonna get this published somewhere? Yeah, I am. I'm gonna have it published and it's it's about um you know, uh, mass mandates. It's about going to church. It's about going, you know, the rage out there. Yeah. It, there's rage out there because for two or three years, people were told what to do. And there are a lot of people pull up to stoplights, Robert, that don't want to even look over uh, at the next car because <laughs> they think they're going to be mad at them. And so, you know, I'm just looking at uh, what we need to do better next time. Yeah. All right. Uh, got about 30 seconds left here. Um, any chance that we get anything meaningful on property taxes out of this this General Assembly before we go? I, I don't think so. I think we would have heard about it since, uh, right now. Uh, on, Isn't that wild? They're just going to let it stand. Yeah, they it, are. It is what it yeah. is. Hey. Yeah, Representative Thompson tried a bill that I don't know where is it. That might be a little bit of cushion. Uh, 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 Senator Travis Holman has a, has a bill that establishes a task force. Uh, that we did way back in in seven, eight, and nine, That's amazing. and, and we had the constitutional the amendment. Republicans but are just going to go, yeah, it's fine. They they <laughs> they, uh, they allowed uh, we, they allowed really to the idea of of um, having input into the process with the with the legislature with the governor on on this property tax issue. But it it's it really nothing's happened, and I. I think there's going to come to a crisis stage. All right, got to go. Jim Merritt, thank you, my friend. Thank you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, the program State House Happenings. You can find Jim Merritt on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt. Me, I'm on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. And you can hear me weekdays at 9 until noon, the Kendall and Casey Show on 93.1 WIBC. For Jim Merritt, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to State House Happenings.